Hello and welcome to Having a Yak episode 3. My name's Neil, you're Brent. I am Brent. Uh, I'll first apologize because of the way I sound. Uh, I am sick and I still have a cold, but I am getting over it. Um, and the last time that I was on camera was literally pretty much a week ago. Uh, last Sunday, today's Saturday, we're filming this, and this will release on Sunday, but uh, I see you have a giant bottle of what looks to be uh, sanitizer. <laughs> something, something maybe I shouldn't say. But sanitizer. San oh, sanitizer. Okay. It's hand sanitizer, <laughs> because this is all that stands between me yeah. and oblivion. Exactly. You are oblivion. Yeah. And I'm going to make every effort I can to not catch what you've got. <laughs> I, so far, so good, knock on wood. But this thing here is protecting me. Mm. So I'm going to try not to cough or snuffle or anything. If I do, uh, I'm going to hopefully cut it out in post-production. But uh, if, if some sneaks through, I do apologize. Uh, but I'm going to do the least amount of talking I, I can in this podcast, uh, which is probably good for most people because they like you better than me. Oh, and I have all kinds of questions for you. Go on with you. These questions are for you anyway. So All right. Uh, last, uh, I should have said the date. I guess I said it was Saturday, but this doesn't release till Sunday, so the date doesn't really matter. Yeah, Saturday um, is the last Saturday of, well, no, the sec second to last Saturday of March, because mm -hmm. next Saturday is the end of March, and spring now, we had spring officially a couple of officially, days ago, yeah. officially, so that's great. Um, to look outside, you wouldn't know it was spring, yeah. because we're getting a late, very late season, uh, just flurries today, but we had, we had about four inches of snow a couple of days ago, mm. and it's sticking around a bit. It's not too bad. And I forgot to mention for those uh, who are new, we have, uh, this is our bi-weekly podcast, which comes in between our normal uh, hockey post-to-post -post podcast. So you get this bi-weekly. Mm -hmm. And this podcast is just about life questions. What yeah. It's a total Q&A, like what do you want to know about life? Just questions that generate conversation, basically. If you want to know about life, ask the old guy. Yeah. Apparently. <laughs> you're, uh, you're very wise. I don't know about that. Okay, are you ready to jump into these questions? Well, I guess I am. All right. I don't know what they are. I These questions are not shared with me ahead of time, so. Yeah, these are all new to you. I take them on the fly. Uh, so this was kind of a follow-up question to the last question that we asked in the last podcast. And the last question we asked in the last podcast was, how were you in school growing up and what did you study? Okay. So this kind of led into the first question in this podcast, why have you changed jobs so much? Because <laughs> if those of you who are new and don't know, we've discussed yeah. that you've switched jobs quite a bit in your life. And yeah, there, there's two ways to look at that. Uh, one, either I'm a very unsuccessful person <laughs> and keep striking out at things after I try for a while. Or number two, I could, could be multi things. Like, you know, I'm, I'm easily bored and want to move on. And that's not really true. I've really liked every job I've done. Hmm. Um, and would have continued to do it if the world had unfolded that way. I, I don't really know. I, I'm. It's just life. It's life, just life. Life happens. It, I grew up in an era where some of my friends' parents worked at the same job forever. Mm -hmm. And I think I was coming into the, the world and the economy at the time when that was going away. The, the, the old. 30-year, 35-year railway worker or accountant or office worker, mm -hmm. those jobs are very rare now. Yeah, it would be very uncommon for someone to be in one profession. Like if you're a nurse, maybe, or something like that. But even nurses, you can change departments and stuff. Oh, yeah, or, different kinds of nursing. And and even nurse using nurse expertise to do other kinds of work, like making 
decisions on claims for insurance companies or something like that. Yeah. Nurses, you know, would be good for that. Uh, in in my case, all the things I've done, this is the good news, I guess, for everybody out there who's not sure what they want to do yet, you don't have to make your mind up. Mm. I'm 58 years old and I'm still deciding what I want to be when I grow up. Yeah, you know, definitely. I, I've done broadcasting, I've done business, I've done some politics and some researching and teaching, adjudication, judging, and now I'm doing uh, computer system support. And all of it is just fascinating. And it's all come together to make me who I am. You have a giant portfolio. I, I do, yeah. 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 You're, uh, you're, not, you're not perfect at, ever, at, a, at one thing. You're really good at a lot of things. Yeah, I'm not perfect at anything. <laughs> and I'm okay at a few things. Uh, okay. This was directed towards me, but I'll ask it to both of us. What's, sure. what's your dream job? I've always said that my dream job would be a TV weatherman. Oh, green and I, screen and all? Green screen and all. Oh. I love to point to the low pressure systems and, and all that. I think that'd be awesome. Now, uh, there are many jobs I would love to do. Some I just physically know I, I, I'm beyond the age where I'd like to do it, or I could be, be able to do it. One would be an astronaut or something like that, of course. Right. But when I was maybe 17 or 18, my dream job would have been an astronaut for sure. And I can't do that, so I've done other things that are not, not similar necessarily, but are somewhat related mm -hmm. to aeronautics. So I get my fix that way. But um, my dream job, I think, would be a TV weatherman. And now it's your turn. Still? It's like if you... Ah, uh, well, I've... Like if you won $10 million, <laughs> but still wanted to work mm. and could go into any profession you wanted to. Wow. I think I'd like to be a guest on Having a Yak. Oh, I think that that's would be an easy my job. dream job. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't pay. That's the only problem. Well, if I got $10 million, I don't care. I guess. <laughs> right. Um, for me, probably, I mean, I had the same same dream that you did. I, I always wanted to be an astronaut. I remember filling out a form or meeting with like a guidance counselor in grade eight, maybe. Or no, would have grade six, actually. And... It was questions like that. Would you name like the top three things you wanted to be when you grew up? Mm -hmm. And for all three things, I just wrote astronaut. <laughs> and I didn't know how to spell it. <laughs> uh, and I remember talking with the guidance counselor and her explaining to me that it was pretty unrealistic and that mm -hmm. uh, I, I should start thinking about more realistic goals and stuff. Um, but yeah, it would be cool to be an astronaut. But realistically... And this isn't even realistically, but it would be cool to be a photographer for the NHL. Oh, wow. Like, I know there's different agencies they use and stuff, but uh, Getty and, and all that stuff. But yeah, it would be stressful. It'd be, it would almost take the the joy to the game a little bit for me. Well, that, that is true. Uh, now, when you say photographer for the NHL, I presume you mean one of those guys in the corner with a camera shooting through the hole in the ice, yeah. or the hole in the glass. and uh, That's what I always thought. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to, just thinking about it in the past couple of seconds, I'm going to change it because, I mean, technology has come so, technology and social media has come so far. Every team now has like a video crew that follows them around mm -hmm. and films stuff for their YouTube channels and stuff. Uh, I would probably say actually that would be my dream job is to, to yeah. be a part of one of those teams of, yeah. of any team. Yeah. yeah. That, that'd be fun. And really, you already have 
the skill set to do that. You could do that. Oh, I could absolutely do that. If the right person found you right now, Mm -hmm. you could just drop what you're doing, bring a Kleenex for the next couple of days, (laughs) and you're gone, and you're doing it. Yeah. And probably fitting right in, which is wonderful. I could just grab a camera and go. I wouldn't need any training. It would be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be great. Um, Okay, I need to cross these off because I'm getting... There's a lot here. Uh, What is the most embarrassing thing that you've ever done? Hmm... Well, I have, I have a fairly quick answer for that, right. Ent- entirely self-inflicted. Um, before you, your mother and I were together, mm-hmm. I, uh, I was quite fond of this uh, young lady at university, and I, she and I took the same bus, and that's how I got to, you know, find her, see mm-hmm. her. And I didn't know her very well. We had a few common friends, and we might say hi in the hallway, but she had no clue that, uh, that I was in any way interested. And uh, during my university time, early on, I got a car for Christmas as a gift from my, po- from my folks. And I was no longer on the bus, you know. And that's the good news about not being on the bus is I'm not on the bus. The bad news is mm. I don't get to see this uh, young lady even from a distance. And I was quite a, you know, I, I had no courage or anything. Mm-hmm. But one day I thought, I'm going to have some courage. And... There were about 30 people at the bus stop in Windsor Street in Fredericton, and she was one of them. And I was driving down Windsor Street, just happened to be from where I was parking the car. And I stopped at the stop sign anyway, and I saw her standing there. So I popped out of the car and said, would you like a drive home? And she said, no, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. And the other 29 people were kind of looking down at their hands, you know, because I had just, you know, crashed and burned and done a total flame out. Uh, right there in the spot in a nice, beautiful, uh, <laughs> sunny day on a Friday or whatever it was. Um, I don't think I felt worse Dang. than then. Uh, but it's funny now, of course. But yeah, uh, and and it wasn't long after that that your mother and I uh, got real serious. And, uh, and little here we things are, like that change your life. And well, they do. Yeah. Had she said yes, uh, I'm I'm highly confident I was not going to be able to talk her into. <laughs> you know, any more time spent with me. Yeah. But uh, anyway, it 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 was a dumb thing. It, you've watched Stranger Things, and so have I. And yeah. you know, there's one character, or a couple of characters. These are all young kids, but there's a bit of talk about how to screw up the courage to, you know, make a move or ask a gal to dance or something like that. And mm-hmm. you, it's hard to look back from my age now, but man, you just don't appreciate the absolute terror <laughs> that somebody can feel when they're trying to achieve an objective like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know? yeah. So I, I was, I, I inflicted the terror upon myself and, and I paid the price. It's, so. No, but it, it's, it's funny how little things like that in life that if even just a, that had gone just a different way and she had gotten in the vehicle that could have altered, altered your life trajectory completely, mm-hmm. even if it didn't work out, yeah, even well, yeah. if like, Every, it's like the butterfly effect, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Every little thing that happens to you, good mm. or bad, changes something in your future, mm. and uh, good or bad. That's why there's this whole, there's a, a dimension uh, for every mm-hmm. decision that everyone makes. So there's like infinite amount of dimensions and yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's wild to think about. Yeah, we're, we're living in the dimension right now where, you know, we've come to this point yeah. and, uh, the several thousand listeners and viewers of this having a yak podcast have come to the point in their lives where it must be pretty bad off for them. <laughs> just and kidding. Just and kidding. in another dimension, 
we're filming having a yak episode three and i'm not sick yeah that's and, right and, and, I, and i am yeah <laughs> yeah and you've got this uh, uh hand sanitizer on your side yeah <laughs> um for me it would have been grade 11 in biology class and i was asked to read out loud something i i never did i hated to read out loud i just i was a really shy person still am um but i had to read out loud and it was obviously like science related because it was a biology class and there was a word organism in a sentence mm -hmm. and i accidentally said orgasm in front of the entire class and the the worst part about it was is that i was in that biology class with the grade below me okay for whatever reason i, I there was two classes to choose from and i didn't want to do whatever my class was doing so i got to to, to go to, with a different class of biology. So it was, I wasn't even really friends with, with any of the people. I knew a few people in the class, but the majority of the people I didn't even really know. And yeah, so that was my most embarrassing <laughs> moment. Of course, as a father, I'm thinking, well, there's no harm, no foul, because none of them knew what it meant anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, who was the coolest person you've ever met? Ooh. The coolest person I've I, ever met. I don't think I can answer this question. I, I was looking at it earlier, and I honestly don't know. Because I feel like you'd probably say Richard Petty. But I I almost don't look at this as like a celebrity. I almost look at this as like like the definition of cool. Like, do you have a really, really cool friend or... Mm -hmm. not? I'm not saying that none of my friends are cool, and that's why I don't have an answer, but... This is tough. Yeah. I've met a lot of interesting people. I've met prime ministers and I've met mm. cabinet ministers and, and other you know, journalists and folks you've probably heard of. TV personalities. Mm -hmm. And they're all interesting people, but they're, a, they're mostly celebrities. But coolest, people that I wanted to spend time with because I wanted to absorb some of the cool off them, mm -hmm. uh, they would be none of those people. You know. Have you met Chris Hadfield? Uh, I haven't met him, but I've talked to him. When he was in the, yeah, in the international he was on the internet. Well, actually, when I talked to him, he was on the shuttle. He was back in the mid nineties. Oh, okay. He hadn't flown on the station at that point. The station hadn't not been launched right. and built, but uh, he was still on one of the shuttle crews. And I talked to him when he was on the shuttle, hmm. on board and flying overhead. So I've talked to him, but I haven't really met him. Mm. Yeah, that doesn't count. But but he is definitely cool. Uh, he's cool. He's cool. One of one of the most interesting people I encountered, and this is back again to my university time. Uh, he wasn't a, one of my professors because I didn't take computer science. I pulled out of computer science just a few months before I ended up there and mm -hmm. went into uh, arts instead. But uh, I'll, I'm not I, I'm not shy about disclosing his name. He's a he's a very well in his field. He's a very well known uh, academic, and his name is Rod Cooper. And he was the don of Aiken House. In other words, he was the faculty rep or resident in this large residence, which is mostly animals, Aiken animals. <laughs> it's mm. kind of like Animal House, but not quite really. <laughs> yeah. that, that's uh, excessive. Yeah. But Rod was the don of Aiken House, and he tried to keep a lid on some of the antics that went on there, and he lived right there on site. But he was a, a professor of computer science and a fascinatingly interesting guy. And he eventually developed his research and theories and, and his work to go into encryption hmm. and also into biology, the, the coding of cells and, and how things work in a, you know, in a almost a quantum level in, inside cells and hmm. biology have 
strange and very close similarities to some things in the computer world. And Rod, the last time I talked to Rod, it's been years ago, but he was working on bridging that gap. Mm. And just really fascinating stuff. And I usually don't have access to people that are that smart. And uh, he's a really interesting cool. guy. Yeah. 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 Uh, that, what you said kind of jogged my memory a little bit. And I do have an answer, actually. Oh, good. Stanton Friedman. Oh, right. So for those of you who don't know who Stanton Friedman is, he's, uh, well, he started out as a genius. He still is a genius, but mm -hmm. he started out as a nuclear physicist for the government of the United States. Yeah, he's originally an American. Yeah, and mm -hmm. he uh, he worked with General Electric and all these companies on a lot of nuclear stuff. And uh, he changed his career path quite quite a bit in, I think it was the 70s, 60s or 70s maybe? I think so, yeah. And uh, right now he's the world's leading ufologist, mm -hmm. which is someone who studies unidentified flying objects. He's just now going into retirement. Yes, he's he, and he's almost 80, I believe. Yeah, he's in his late 70s, mid to late 70s. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he's he's so smart. He's really interesting, and he actually lives in Fredericton, uh, New Brunswick, Canada. And when I lived there, Justin and I went to his house. He invited us to his house, and we went there, and we sat with him for probably about an hour or an hour and a half, and we talked about uh, just all kinds of stuff and his experience and his stories and stuff. So that was pretty cool. So how did that happen though? Like he just saw you in a shopping mall and said, Hey, young no. fellows. <laughs> he was communicating with Justin. I think, uh, Justin was pretty persistent on wanting to meet him. Oh, okay. And, uh, he, he agreed. And then. And you got a bonus visit. Yeah. I think he forgot we were coming though. Cause we showed up and he was like, Oh, hi, <laughs> come on in. And I believe you're telling me, uh, he had lots of paperwork around. He had lots of paperwork. He had lots of books. He wanted us to buy some books, and uh, I didn't have any money on me at the time, but I, I would have bought them. And you can see him on programs like, uh, if you have the History Channel and watch like Ancient Aliens, have you ever seen that show on there? He's on there. He's in tons of interviews on there. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Stanton Friedman. He's a really interesting guy. He's super cool. nice, and uh, he's really funny too, actually. Yeah, Good. So, uh, that's my answer. That's cool. Uh, what is the best place you've ever visited? The best place, I, I guess. I think we've may have had a question like this before. What was your yeah. most favorite place you've ever visited? Like favorite place, best place. Yeah, I don't know. The best place I ever visited probably would have to be a church or something because that's where <laughs> the best things are supposed to happen. But um, Would you consider Prince Edward Island to be your answer? Well, I, I think for a lot of elements of the reason, I think it would. It's certainly the best place I've ever lived. Mm, absolutely. But as, but as far as visiting, I, I've come away from some visits absolutely captivated by the place I was visiting. I felt that way in Jasper National Park. I think Florida has to probably mm -hmm. be in consideration because you've been to Florida over 10 times, same with me. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. We've been, been, we've been that lucky. And we would you go back to Florida tomorrow? Like would you consider a vacation going back to Florida before? I'd book the flight immediately. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I would just, just to get a, it's climate, yeah. but it's also just access to to things. There's cool airports and air, air force bases there and there's Kennedy Space Center yeah. and Fantasy of Flight and parks and just everything there. Everything, right? yeah. Racetracks. It, yeah, it, it's got everything that I would want to have around me to entertain myself for yeah. the rest of my life. I think Florida would, would do the trick. It's the lightning capital of the United States. Mm-hmm. So cool, some pretty intense weather. Yeah, yeah. Uh, lightning's great if you observe it from a bit of a distance. Yeah. It's awesome. That's uh, the best place I visited. Yeah. The best place I visited, 
it has to be New York City. I think it's like I've never been in a place and felt in such awe before. Like I've, I don't think I've ever felt so small. Mm. Like even <laughs> when I drove through the Canadian Rockies a couple times, and just were surrounded by the massive amount of mountains and rock and stuff, I never felt small. And I guess that's kind of weird to say because compared to New York City, I mean those mountains are mm-hmm. are huge compared to New York City. But New York City, just the fact that you can walk down a street and look up and not see the top of the building because it's so high that you like lose perspective almost of the building and you can almost see it sway in the wind because they sway they They do they're they're built for that Mm -hmm. and i remember i can't remember what building it was but i remember being on the like at the bottom of and looking up and seeing it move and it really freaked me out really i can't remember what it was it wasn't rockefeller center it wasn't it was, it was really straight up. I can't remember what it was. Hmm. It wasn't like a, a famous oh, okay. building or anything like that. It was totally like rectangular all the way up, or square, sorry, all the way up. Mm-hmm. Um, but just, just this, like there's so much to see in this city. There's so many things, like the noise, the smells, the sights, the like the lights. There's so much to take in. It's almost a sensory overload. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's amazing. I endorse that view entirely. And I've been there three times, mm-hmm. and I've maybe seen twenty percent of the city. Uh, and there's still like there's still so many things to see. Uh, so I need to go back. I'd love to go f- be there for like, two weeks. That'd be awesome. Our last trip to New York, your mother and I, was back in 2014. And before going, I did a lot of studying because I, for me, it was a bit of a historical trip as well as a sightseeing trip. We were going to be there about five days, I guess it was. So we had time to slow down a little bit and see things. I grew up in a big city, or very close to one, in the suburbs. And I was frequently downtown in Montreal and at the top of some of these skyscrapers. And Montreal doesn't really compare to New York in a real sense. Montreal might have two and a half million people. New York's got 12 or Mm. whatever it is. But Still, you've got skyscrapers, you've got public transit, you've got underground railways and all that kind of thing. So the the major urban stuff is there. So I was quite accustomed to that. But New York is (coughs) just massive. And and it's interesting how the city is so big that there are different New York cities. Oh, absolutely. Even in Manhattan. Yeah. The village, the Upper West Side, Mm -hmm. Lower East Side. Like Chelsea and Hell's Kitchen. And they're Battery all, Park. like, if you just think of New York as, as someone who's, you know, it's just a big city. It's not. No, yeah. It's so different. Little Italy. Yeah. Like, there's so many little tiny sections of the city that are completely different from the rest. And there's, you know, these neighborhoods have character. Maybe yeah. not as much as they would have had Robert Moses not had his way. And Robert Moses, uh, just a real quick history here, he, he was born in the late 1800s and for probably the first 60 years of the 1900s was very heavily involved in New York's life. And he became the chief, I guess, planner for the city of New York. So he drove projects. Hmm. The projects themselves, some of these residential projects, if you go up like Lexington Avenue, Mm -hmm. they were old neighborhoods and he had them all totally bulldozed and they built these massive apartment buildings for public housing in many parts of the New York metropolitan area. He wanted to do things that people prevented him from doing he wanted to have a cross Manhattan 
uh, expressway, basically, that would have ruined some of these neighborhoods yeah. that we just talked about. And, and in the 50s and 60s, people started to rise up and stop Robert Moses from doing some things. But he's responsible for lots of parks. Like there's lots of good things he did, but he was very heavy handed. Hmm. And he individually with the, just the strength of will and being quite a bully about it, uh, made a lot of changes to New York City that took away some of those neighborhoods, but not all of them, thank goodness. Mm. Yeah. But uh, interesting stuff. I have a question for you. Okay. You would have been, I don't know, 12 or 13 at the time. It was 1972. Do you remember the blackout in 72 in New York City? I remember the 77 blackout. Maybe it was 77. I do definitely remember that because I was heavy into radio and listening to uh, news stations from the United States, particularly New York, WCBS on 880, mm. WINS on 1010, uh, and listen to the blackout covered live on these radio stations. Was it in the summertime? It was really, really yeah. hot? Yeah, it was like okay. August or something. That must be what I'm thinking about then. Yeah. Uh, that was, I used to watch the documentary on that. Mm -hmm. That was crazy. Yeah. And interesting how people came together and were very helpful to each other in many areas, not yeah. everywhere. And like there the, was looting, there was and, bad stuff. Yeah, and opposite in other areas. Mm -hmm, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Pretty, pretty wild. There's a <clears throat> picture from the World Trade Center and it's looking out over Brooklyn, I think. It's just dark. Yeah. How strange would that be? <laughs> well, yes. I'm trying to describe that in the book I'm writing, right? Right. Yes. Where we have a, a power blackout. When's the last time you... I did some work on it about six weeks ago. I spent <coughs> quite a bit of time on it one day. And just to tying up some loose ends, I have mm. so much more work to do. And, uh, but New York is a big, a big character in the book. So yeah. 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 Uh, if you could change your birthday, what date would it be? <laughs> I'm going to assume that you wouldn't change your birthday. I don't think I would. Because I'd, it's also the anniversary of the Montreal Canadiens. That's right. I was born on the 50th anniversary of the Montreal Canadiens. And on the year they turned a hundred, I turned 50 on exactly the same day. And I think there's a bit of doo-doo-doo-doo uh, going on there, so I'm going to keep it like that. But broadly speaking, being born in December, which I was, in Quebec that meant you got to go to school with everybody else born in your calendar year. So I was the young, one of the younger people in every grade, but I think it helped me mature because mm -hmm. I was with kids that were, you know, I was five for most of grade whatever, and they'd be all, most of them have, would, have, would have turned six. And it doesn't sound like a big deal back then, but hmm. I think it was a good influence on me to be younger and have people to look up to in school that were a little bit older, because age meant everything. If someone had a birthday three days before you, they were almost like senior, you know, senior rank to you or something yeah. when you were eight. But um, when I moved to New Brunswick, I was still in public school. Their rule was September. And... What happened was when I moved to New Brunswick, rather than go on to the next grade, uh, I should have actually, if New Brunswick had the same date rules as Quebec, I should have skipped a grade because in Quebec they have only 11 grades, but in New Brunswick they had 12. And all of my friends <laughs> graduated after the end of grade 11. Uh, yet I had to go to school for one more year. They wouldn't move me up. My marks were really good. But they wouldn't move me up. They just made a policy decision of some kind and I couldn't fight it. So basically I repeated grade 10. Well, which a was a bunch of jerks. Yeah. So it's a whole year of my life I'll never get back. And I, th I just think it's, it's terrible that 
the different jurisdictions have these different rules and yeah. kids get caught in the middle, right? Absolutely. Well, and think about all the good times you had that year, making all those new friends. Oh, yeah. And that was a, a year in Moncton High School because we lived in the Moncton area for a year and a half. So I went through grade 10 and half of grade 11 there instead of all of grade 11 and half of grade 12. And had that been the thing, when I moved to Doaktown, I would have only had six months of grade 12 or mm. not even that. And I would have hardly got to know any of my classmates That's that true. I graduated with. Whereas this other way, I had a whole extra year of, of accommodation. Mm -hmm. or, so I was better off, I think, in the end. But it still bothers me a bit that I was born in December. Had I been born in August, it uh, would have been a vastly different uh, course for me. Mm. I, I don't think I'd change my birthday. Uh, I really like where it is. At the end of April, mm -hmm. uh, do you know what happened four days before I was born? I assume you do, since you were there. Chernobyl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I was also born on Hitler's death anniversary. Yeah, I think you were. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Which isn't very good. Uh, well, no, it's it's a good day to be celebrated. Yeah. I would say. So yeah, that's a good true. day. It's a good day. Uh, no, I don't know. I, I like where my birthday is. It's far away from Christmas. It's not really near any other holidays other than Easter. It's mm -hmm. Easter is usually at the beginning of April or whatever. Mm -hmm. There's nothing in May, really. Well, there's the long weekend. The, yeah. the Queen's birthday. I don't Ooh. even get me started on royalty. That's the biggest <laughs> sham in this world. Oh, now, come on. Uh, anyway, yeah, I think I, I, I wouldn't change my birthday. Yeah, I wouldn't either, really. Um, okay, so next question. If you could work for Sportsnet as a talking analyst uh, or contribute to YouTube, uh, both paid, what would you choose? Paid the same? Paid the same. I think I would stay with the YouTube gig, mainly because I could do that from here. Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't want to move to Toronto to do the other thing. What if you could do it from here? Sportsnet? Yeah. Oh, I'd want to do it. I think I'd want to do it. Yeah? Yeah. I would completely opposite. Yeah. 100% YouTube <laughs> because uh, when I'm filming this stuff in videos, if I swear, I can either bleep it or cut it out. Uh, I don't think I'm conscious enough to to filter myself in, in live or real time <laughs> filming with Sportsnet or anything like that. Well, so. it, com it comes with experience. When I did my five years in broadcasting, I, I was able to switch from telling a pretty off-color joke in the studio, mm -hmm. and then the song ends, and you got to turn your microphone on and read the weather and, you know, cue up the next record and do a request or whatever. And you, you, you can find a way to turn it on and off. I, I think I do yeah. a pretty good job on it, but I think I you still, do. there would be a moment when I would want to yeah. do it, and it would slip, and I'd be fired. It's not like you edit a lot here. No, I, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't. So, I think you're, I think it'd be good. Uh, I only edit when other people come on the show, like Chris, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. he, he eats salt-filled candy and <laughs> drops an f-bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, what country in Europe do you want to visit the most? Wow. Is it Scotland? I guess, I guess I'd have to, if the UK counts, you know, it's not in the continent, but if, if I can pick it, I mm -hmm. would pick it. Sure. Yeah. yeah Scotland. Or, or just the UK. The country, depends how you cut the, depends how you cut the cake, <laughs> but uh, the country, the United Kingdom, I'd like to include all of England and Scotland together if I, if I was allowed under the terms of the question. Um, no, you're not. Okay. Scotland. Yeah. Scotland. Yeah. Just for family history reasons? Yeah, but see, I got family in England too, so I have to pick. But if I'm going with my 
paternal line, the Taylors, I have to go to Scotland. Is there anywhere in Europe where they drive on the right side of the road? I don't believe so. Because I know in Scotland it's the opposite. Oh, I'm sorry. You said drive on the right? They drive on the right everywhere in Europe except the United Kingdom. Yeah. That's yeah. What, yeah. Oh, so... They drive like we do. In Spain? Yeah. They... Mm-hmm. Oh, really? I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, the UK is the only place where you get a crossover right now. What a bunch of backwards folk. <laughs> well, you wonder if... Um, well, it's, it depends who got there first, right? Who's backwards? I, I think we're definitely the backwards people. Yeah, that was a joke. Yeah. There was, I think, in Newfoundland, if I'm not mistaken, because it was a British colony until 1949. They might have had to switch because they didn't have a bridge to anywhere else. They just drove on their own. They didn't really mm-hmm. drive off island. They had ferries. But I think they had to switch to the rest of North America when they started really using cars a lot. I'm not sure if, when it was, but probably in the 1920s or 30s. I think we switched here even. I think that uh, Canada being a British colony, once cars got really big in the 1920s, they had to start sitting down and making common rules and we had to switch. And there's still countries in the Caribbean that drive on the opposite side. I think Jamaica is one. British, yeah. Any any British Commonwealth type country that is isolated enough that it doesn't, not bolted onto the United States like we are. So the Cayman Island would be like that. Uh, Likely... Bermuda's like that, I'm quite sure. Would Aruba be? No, that's Dutch. Oh, it's Dutch. Yeah. So I wonder, like, St. Martin is half Dutch, half French. Mm-hmm. What if it was half Dutch, half English or whatever, British or whatever? That'd be hilarious. How would you switch from... <laughs> uh, well, I think they'd probably work it out to everybody would agree to be one side yeah, or the other. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, We're going to phase this in slowly, starting with trucks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what is your favorite YouTube channel? Oh, man. And you can't say post to post. Oh, man. Um, there, there's a channel I, I've been watching a lot lately. I don't know how legit it is, but it's called All Themed Docs. And it's somebody, I don't even know if they're in the UK, but they have taken somehow hundreds and hundreds of hours of documentary programming, mostly from the BBC, mm-hmm. and flipped it up onto YouTube. And you can watch full-length documentaries in HD. And I don't think it's official, so I don't want to get anyone in trouble. <laughs> I don't want them to go off the off the air. That's right. But it's great, because one of the things I really like about Britain is is the BBC. Definitely. And, and, and the things they've done yeah. over the years, the, the news coverage, the documentaries especially, tremendous. And we don't have great access to that here. That's right. Unless you pay big premiums for the BBC channel and, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it costs. And even then you don't get what you want. You get what they push at you. And it's BBC Canada run out of Toronto. Exactly. I want the BBC. Yeah. I want all five frigging networks of the BBC. And I want to be able to pick from them. Mm. But right now I can't do it unless I, you know. That's right. Did you hear, did you hear about facts? I did. I really like facts. Why are they, why are they stopping? They're owned by BuzzFeed, right? Oh, I didn't know that. BuzzFeed owned them and shut them down. That's some that's some BS. It is. It's terrible. They're starting to reorganize a little bit on their own. They've got a Facebook fan group that's well, they could, grown. They, they could do the same thing on their own. They could. Absolutely. Sure they could. Because they were fantastic. They're the talent. They're the whole reason that they were successful. Oh, yeah. Irish people trying stuff. Yeah, that's basically what it is. <laughs> and it's fantastic. That's where I got the idea for Canadians trying stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh 
my favorite YouTube channel is probably Good Mythical Morning. Uh, they're very good. Yeah, just they just they're so entertaining. Sometimes they're just a little too zany for me, a little too yeah, uh, whimsical. I, I completely agree. Yeah, yeah I don't so. watch all their videos. Mm -hmm. I skip. I definitely skip quite a bit, actually. Yeah. H3H3 would be another one. H3H3 is good. I And you're not as into Casey Neistat as you once were. Nope. But I am still. I really like uh, when Casey posts a new video, I'm usually watching it fairly quickly. Can't do it. Yeah. He's too full of himself. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All good, right. good chat. But but there's other things I like watching. Uh, there's a, a show in in the UK called TX Factor. It's a commercially type produced, very professional looking TV show, and it's about ham radio. And they interview people mm. and they show demonstrations of things. And it's very niche for me because of the hobby, but I like that a lot. Do you know who Peter McKinnon is? I do. Do you like Peter McKinnon? I do. Is there anything you don't like about Peter McKinnon? Not yet. I haven't watched enough of his stuff, mm. but uh, so far, everything I've watched. He's pretty good. He's very good. He's an incredibly talented filmmaker mm -hmm. like he his normal like vlog it's like a movie like it's so well done it's amazing just yeah. the sound design the transitions that yeah it's really good mm -hmm. uh what is your favorite tv show right now and of all time it, it, this is tough it is tough favorite tv show right now i'd have to say billions Never heard of it. It comes back tomorrow night on Showtime. Never heard of it. What's it about? Damien Lewis plays a guy by the name of Bobby Axelrod, who owns a big company in New York called Axe Capital. Paul Giamatti plays the main attorney for the state or for the federal government, whose job it is to search and prosecute people who screw with the stock market. I'm interested based on the name that you just said, Paul Giamatti. He's amazing. He's an incredible actor. He's amazing. And if you haven't, I'm surprised you haven't watched or even heard of Billions. These two guys are are head to head against each other. Hmm. But the interesting dynamic is Paul Giamatti's wife is a psychiatrist <coughs> and she works for the company Axe Capital. Oh. But because she's a doctor, she has the ethical duty to not and a psychiatrist in particular, she has an ethical duty to not disclose the things she hears in the course of running therapy for Bobby Axelrod and Wags and all the other characters in Axe Capital who come to her for advice on how to handle their life. And it's so high flying. If you would agree to watch it with me, I would agree to go back to episode one and watch it with you. It's fantastic. Uh, I don't have time, but he was in a movie that's very similar to that. It was two companies... They were both CEOs of two like billion-dollar companies, and they were trying to screw each other over of money or something like, like that or a deal. I cannot remember the name of it, but it sounds very familiar. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, he was one of the he was one of the CEOs of, of the mm. companies. If you he, haven't seen it, it's an incredible movie. You need to see it. But he's a fantastic actor. Yeah, he's, he's amazing. just incredible. All the all the cast is so well chosen in, in this uh, series. Mm -hmm. I think this is season three, might even be season four now. And they make 10 a year. It's it's not, okay. you don't have to throw your whole life at I it. I usually like to wait until the show actually completely ends so then I can binge watch it. Yeah. So what's your favorite show of all time? Oh man, that's tough. I'm, I I think 
the original Star Trek. Oh, really? Would, would have to be. I just absolutely loved the original Star Trek. I almost don't even consider those to be TV shows, but they were. Mm. But I don't. I don't. I don't know. I guess I don't consider them to be TV shows. I don't know why. Why wouldn't they be? I don't know. Okay. They're just they're so good that. Oh okay. That yeah. You, like usually TV shows are. Meh. Yeah, they were on NBC. I think was the network that carried them. They were on once a week, just like Seinfeld or just mm-hmm. like Big Bang. <laughs> I yeah, I, like I was thinking of my show, and I would have said, "What's my favorite show of all time?" I'd have to say The Office. Oh yeah. And but now that you've mentioned Star Trek, it'd have to be Star Trek, not the original. I don't like the original, but. Mm. I watched the original when it was new, and it was so different and so futuristic. The first interracial on-screen kiss Kiss, was on Star Trek, and several other things. Just the overall principle, the prime directive, and and all of the the virtue that they tried to build into that show, showing that you can be civilized and accept other cultures and that kind of thing, that was so important, especially for those times. Star Trek came out at a time when people weren't getting along very well. There's, there's so many life lessons in Star Trek in oh, any of the series, mm-hmm. it, TNG, Voyager, whatever, Deep Space Nine, they all have those life lessons in them. And I think that's why people don't like watching the shows because they're pretty dry. Like they can be really, really dry because it's almost like a soap opera at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's love stories and stuff. It's not like high-flying Star Wars, uh, but it's... It's yeah, I, I I love Star Trek. Mm. Uh, I'd probably say Voyager was my favorite, and if there are any Trek fans out there, that's probably gonna get some heat my way. But Voyager is that the one with Captain Janeway? Yeah, that's yeah. the one I hated. I didn't like. Yeah, it at see, all. I know a lot of people who don't like Voyager, and I, mainly because I didn't like her, and I just didn't like her in that role. I I don't dislike her. I think she plays a great character on Orange Is the New Black, and, mm-hmm. and I've seen other things she's done. And I, I have nothing against her. I just didn't see her as a captain of a starship. I just couldn't do it. I thought she was tremendous. Wow. Well, something there, there for everybody. What was your it? least favorite Star Trek series? That one. Oh, yeah, I guess I did. <laughs> kind of already said that. Yeah. <laughs> if I said something else, I'd really be... I forgot you said that. ...trying to rationalize. Mine was Deep Space Nine. I didn't mind it so much. I I liked a couple of the characters. I liked the Ferengi guys, and uh, Cisco wasn't my favorite captain, see but that. I liked Odo and some of these other people. And that's why I didn't like it. I didn't like Cisco as, as yeah. the the captain guy so hmm. interesting all right i guess that answers i give honorable mention to big bang theory i think that's a tremendous uh, think, no, series la- the writing is just tight i love it laugh track is terrible can't watch it it's not a laugh any track. show that requires a laugh track it's a live studio audience it's not a laugh track there's real people sitting in the audience really laughing you're telling me that you, you don't think there's a big giant applause oh I'm, I'm i'm not saying they're not told when to laugh but there's real people laughing. If you watch watch a show that has people laughing to try to make you to laugh, that's the entire point of a laugh track. But a laugh track is not the same as a live studio audience. It's the same thing. That's what they call no, it. it's not. That's what they call it. No. A, a laugh track, The Beaverton, okay, that's a Canadian news show, that has a laugh track because they're doing it in the studio and, and every time they hit the button to make people laugh, it's the same laugh every time and it's terrible. If, but that's what, you, that's what you call it though. It's just a general laugh. Like it's... It's a community laugh. It's just what, like any show that has that isn't funny. I don't need to be t- people to tell me when to laugh. I want to laugh on my own. That's why I like The Office so much. I'll decide when I want to laugh. You don't tell me when to laugh. I'll decide. And interestingly, The Office, and I don't disagree with you on all those points. The Office came from Britain, of course. It was a Ricky Gervais creation. Exactly. And then it came across, and it kept some of that. I think 
that's another thing I like about Britain. Their style of humor. Oh yes, absolutely. Is so far ahead of ours. Oh, yeah. Like it almost seems in North America or maybe the United States, I'm going to tell you a joke now. Here's the joke and now it's time for you to laugh. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in Britain, they try to sneak the joke by you. Yeah, exactly. And if you catch it and laugh, that's awesome. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, what is one topic you wish you knew more about? SQL. SQL. Yeah, the query language used in databases. Yeah, I know what SQL is, but okay. why? Because it's part of my work now. And, oh, yeah. And I, I need to be more educated in the work that my people do. I call mm. them my people. It's yeah, people. not really fair, but I'm the team leader and they're the team. And I wish I knew more about uh, the programming side and the back end side of the databases that we work with. Mm. That's, that's my operational answer uh, as far as life. Do you think you're too old to learn? SQL? Not a bit. You can hammer it out? I can hammer it out. I can learn. Get her done. I'm a good learner. You're bang, bang. I'm good at learning. I got my pilot's license when I was in my 50s. Come on now. Come on. Now that's that's way harder. Yeah. SQL can't be that bad. <laughs> uh, anything else? Oh, there's all kinds of things. I, I My main regret is, is that I will, even if I crammed stuff in my brain from now for the next 20 years, I will die not knowing almost everything. <laughs> <laughs> but you know almost everything. No, I don't. I don't know but anyone who knows more than you. <laughs> uh, you're very kind, but uh, I know. Well, we'll film uh, an episode of Jeopardy sometimes of, of us watching Jeopardy, and you'll, you'll see <laughs> how smart he is. Yeah, it wasn't too good last night. You just, like, you know stuff you shouldn't know. <laughs> like, you should know stuff that no one should know. Like, all. What do you mean? The question will be, like, what's the air pressure in a tennis ball and you'll know it i actually don't know the know, answer that's just like, like it's a question like that it's like why do you know that like what <laughs> what point in life where you had needed that information that you've retained i've it? never needed any of it but just random stuff gets in there and it's still there <laughs> weird uh, okay is there anything you regretted doing when you were younger uh, maybe like a different career path or anything like that i've given this a lot of thought actually because when i was in grade 12, just about ready, that's like a senior in high school, as we, we'd say in the States if, you were, if I was there. And I was getting ready to go to university. I'd already been accepted into a computer science degree program, and I was ready to roll. My math marks were great, uh, good logic, science and stuff was good. You know, I was clicking along quite nicely. And one day, it was an April Saturday, I was reading the, the newspaper one morning, and I got a bit of a weird epiphany. That, that I really had a passion for politics mm -hmm. and learning about the news and how government worked. And and it was, I don't know where it came, I still don't know to this day where it came from. I grew up exposed to a lot of politics because of my mother, but but there was never any pressure on me to do that. And I think my parents were quite happy when I had enrolled in the computer science program at UNB. Mm -hmm. And most of the jobs I've had since then, my teaching, now my work, have involved computers in some way. And I That's think true. If, if I got into computers at the ground level back, oh, back then, then, I could be, you know, I could be hanging out with Wozniak or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. And I was really, I was all in for that. And I wonder what would have happened if I changed mm. and gone, stayed in computer science where I probably belonged rather than go into arts and take economics and political science and history. These are all things that I find very interesting even to this day. Mm -hmm. But 
computer science, I wonder what I would know now if I'd stayed in the computer field. You could be driving around in a Lambo. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I would go work on a cruise ship. Like, really? Right out of high school. Probably. And I might even join the military as well, Air Force, and do 20 years, retire at like 38, mm-hmm. do something else at 38. A lot of people do that and they really make it work. Absolutely. Yeah. And in Canada, when when I was that age, uh, some of my peers were going to the military and the, the most risky thing Canadians were doing was what we would call peacekeeping. And even then the peacekeeping wasn't that violent. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were places that were sketchy, you know, and very dangerous, like Cyprus. Uh, things were pretty hot in Cyprus in the late 70s and early 80s. And then, of course, there was the whole, when Yugoslavia oh, disintegrated. Bosnia and stuff like that. Yeah, like that was very grim, and mm. uh, some terrible things were seen and done by a lot of the Allied or NATO-type soldiers. So it wasn't as risk-free lately as it certainly now with Afghanistan and everything else. Not as risk-free now as it would have been back in the 70s when you joined the military and, yeah, you know, you... You could gain a little weight, wasn't a big deal, you know. <laughs> and I think for me, as much as I love the Air Force, the life of being at sea, I think, would be fascinating. I'd like to try it. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I'd love to be either attached to the Navy, because there's lots of, like, an Air Force mechanic, for instance. If yeah. I'm in the Air Force and I'm a mechanic on a helicopter and that helicopter flies off the back of a, of a frigate, then I'm on the ship. I'm dressed in a yeah. Navy uniform, and I'm. But even though I belong to the Air Force, I'd like to have mm-hmm. that kind of dual role. Yeah, that I. It uh, military has always interested me, but it's probably a good thing that I didn't, because I would have joined in 2004, which was three years after 9/11, and there's a lot of stuff going down then, mm-hmm. and uh, I might not be here today. That's right. <laughs> so, that's right. A lot of Canadians aren't. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, and you know Canada has not had the same loss of life as the Americans, for instance, Mm. because they were far deeper into a lot of these things than we were, but we still had our share, Mm -hmm. more than our share. with the British and Australia. Oh yeah, yeah. really. Uh, Here's a question for you, and Mm. 50% of this answer, I'm pretty sure I know what it's going to be. What's the best and worst store to shop at? Oh my goodness. The best and worst. I think store. I know. I think I know the worst one for you. I mean, there's a lot that you don't like shopping in, but I there's mean, a lot I, of stores I don't like shopping. I in. I think there's one that probably stands out from everyone everywhere else. And I think the I think I know which one you're thinking of, and I'm probably going to answer that. But I need a lead up to do it. Okay. Because there's times when I have to shop at that store because it's the only store that has that stuff. Exactly. And I really like that stuff. But when those Best Buy idiots come along and start asking you if you need any damned help, I want them to give me a flag. Oh, yes. I want them to stick a flagpole down the back of my jeans and a flag that goes up my back and it comes out the top of my head that says, I've been offered help already. Go away. Or I don't need help. I don't need help. Yeah. Leave me alone. It drives me nuts. Drives me absolutely nuts. It's it's so infuriating. Mm -hmm. Like I've been... I actually timed it one time. I went in the store. I think I was maybe it was with Jason, or maybe this is by myself. I got talked to by six people in the first three minutes in the store. And I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I don't need whatever I came for that bad mm-hmm. to be 
pestered by people. And some of them were just like, oh, you need help? And I'm like, nope. And they walk away. I'll say no. And they're like, well, what are you looking for? Buddy, just, I said no. Like, get take a hint, go away. Yeah. And one time, Jason was with me. We were in the phone section in Best Buy. And he was on the phone with his wife talking about a phone or whatever. And there was a Best Buy employee standing behind us listening to the conversation. And as soon as Jason hung up, he asked a question about a conversation that he was having with his wife and we were like are you serious like you you were standing there the entire time listening to the conversation that he was having on the phone like what a vulture <laughs> and uh, i actually wrote best buy after that really and their manager had a very strict talking to that guy because it wasn't it wasn't a general question it was like a a very like personable question it was almost like sarcastic like oh she doesn't like this phone or something like that it was like it was almost yeah. like a jab at her or something i can't remember what the question was but it was it had that tone to it and it was we were offended. <laughs> Does she prefer secret super dry over, you know, <laughs> for uh, the trip home? It would be Best Buy for me as well. Really? The worst store, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's a shame because everything in Best Buy is stuff I'm interested in. Movies, yeah. computer components, uh, video stuff, audio stuff. I don't, and I, I love it all. I don't really blame the people. No, they're, because the, it's, they're, do, they're just doing their job. They're told. Yeah. But yeah. It's, they're just doing their job and that's, you know, they don't, probably don't like doing it any more than we like having to deal with it, but they have to do it because a higher up above thinks that that's the best thing mm -hmm. that needs to happen. Now they all walk around with clipboards and stuff and whatever the heck that means. And Yeah. No, it, it's highly annoying. Yeah. Highly annoying. Now, the best. This is going to sound really, really boring, but I think the best place to shop is Walmart because I know where everything is. No one wants to help you. <laughs> You're on your own. And now we have got a Walmart super center here in town. You can get all your groceries there. You get all kinds of stuff. And I like the size of it. Now, I like other places. I like Costco. I like, you know, where you know things are going to be and you can see quantity. Mm -hmm. I like that. But I don't like, I don't go to Walmart a lot. I hardly ever go to Walmart, actually. But when I walk in there, I know I can go into any Walmart anywhere and find what I want and get out. That's actually a really good answer because in the non-supercenter Walmarts, they're all laid out the same. Mm-hmm. If I go to the one in, in Fredericton, and then I go to the north side. Oh, no, the one on the north side is is a super center, isn't it? I don't know. Uh, I don't remember. But anyway, basically, if you can go into any Walmart, and things will be in the same spot. Yeah. You feel like you're in a different city that you live in or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, I like that. That's actually, that's actually a good answer. And it, it, I know it's the best place to shop, but not because I really enjoy being in there. Yeah, I don't. I don't enjoy being in Walmart, but or supporting that big box company, whatever. Yeah. But and you can only <coughs> you can only watch so many stretchy pants people in one day. <laughs> people of Walmart before you got to leave. Here's one for you. Uh oh, this is gonna this is gonna spark some conversation. I think. <laughs> do you think the pyramids were built by just humans, or do you think they had otherworldly help? I think the pyramids were built by just humans. I also think that the pyramids were built by just humans, but a lot of people disagree. Because mm -hmm. uh, it took like tens of thousands of years or something like that, didn't it? No, or not did, quite. Didn't it take like ten thousand years to? No. The, if you went back ten thousand no, years from now, there wouldn't be no there That's would true. be no pyramids <laughs> at all. It but took, I think, maybe a hundred or sixty or something. It uh, took a couple of generations of people. Yeah. To build them. And. We didn't know how they did it for a while, but now I think we, now we know. I think we have a pretty good idea. Because there used to be a river that went up alongside them, I think, at one point. Mm. Wasn't there? And they used the river to 
I don't know to how move. I don't know how close Cheops is to the Nile, but I don't uh, think it was the Nile. No, I don't know. I I haven't given it much thought actually. There are pyramids. I've been on. I've been on top of one of the pyramids in Mexico. Climbed it with my own two feet and surveyed my domain, and uh, <laughs> they were pretty substantial structures yeah. as well. And back when those would have been built, probably similar to the time that the ones in Egypt would have been built, you've got people building similar looking structures. The, the ones in Mexico, not nearly as big, but they were the same shape. I mean, they were pyramid shape, believe it or not. And uh, it still would have taken a tremendous amount. Stonehenge would have taken a tremendous amount of effort. Yeah. And, and I don't know how these things come to be and why they were even put there. I, I understand the Egyptian pyramid, their burial places for pharaohs and all that. It's interesting that the, you mentioned the pyramids in different parts of the world, though, kind mm -hmm. of almost at the same time. It's, that's interesting that they both had the same ideas to build the same things. And even with their gods and stuff were very similar. And mm. I, I think it's less mystical and more behavioral. When you're building something and you have no engineering, you mm -hmm. don't have a design document. You don't have steel structure underneath. Basically, all you can do is pile two rocks and then pile a third rock and then pile a fourth rock a little farther along. And after you've done all the rock piling, you, <laughs> you walk back, holy crap, that looks like a pyramid. <laughs> and it's going to have to look like a pyramid. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> that's how they, that's how they yeah. roll. <laughs> do you know what the Nazca lines are? I do. They're in Peru. Yeah. How do you feel about those? Uh, that's interesting. There, you would not remember this while well, you weren't around at the time, but back in the 70s, a guy by the name of Eric Van Doniken wrote a book called Chariots of the Gods. Oh, yeah. I, I, I've seen that book, and they talk a lot about it in Ancient Aliens. Do they? Yeah. The whole show is based around that book, actually. And, and he based a lot of his uh, curiosity on the Nazca ruins, on the plains, mm. and also in pyramids, and you got to wonder when somebody does something on the ground that's only visible from 60 miles up mm -hmm. and makes sense at that altitude. you got to wonder a little bit. But now that I'm older, <coughs> it's not like uh, the aliens needed that to help direct them into the proper landing spot. Mm -hmm. The aliens probably have technology to choose their own damn landing spot. That doesn't mean that the people on the ground figured out that if they could build this this plane or dig dig trenches or whatever it was they did with the Nazca lines, they might have been trying to welcome people that didn't exist. Mm. So I think that's more likely where I would fall. Regardless of the reason, mm. very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. If you don't know what the Nazca lines are, Google it. And I think this, just one more point on these, on all of this, we're not genetically very different from the humans of 6,000 years ago. We're genetically probably indistinguishable from them. Mm -hmm. So the people 6,000 years ago were every bit as smart as we are today. They were less educated in the ways of that we would consider education, right. but they were very highly educated in what they needed to know to stay alive. Very brilliant people back then did very brilliant things. And I think that to say that they were primitive, too primitive to have built pyramids, I think is mm -hmm. cutting them a little short. I think uh, the only way that we've really evolved is height. Mm. We we're much taller than we were even 100 years ago. Yeah, and that's just mainly due to better diet. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. Like, 
I'd say the diet's probably worse now than well, 100 years ago. Well, but, but, but I, I know what you mean. Mainly better diet in the formative years. I, we eat a lot more meat. Yeah, then. and by the time the kid gets to the age where he wants his happy meal, <laughs> you know, his his genetic future is probably already programmed there. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what when when you cook? What is the best dish you can cook? <laughs> I can boil wieners. Yeah, that's that's real impressive. Pretty good for that. Um, I think if I have one place where I feel at home, it's at the barbecue. I was going to say it's it has to be a, if you're a man, it's got to be a barbecue. Yeah, and I don't profess to be you know the best griller in on the street or even in the town, but uh, I think that that's probably my best efforts are on the barbecue. In the kitchen, I'm kind of useless. I, I've tried a few things in the baking department that that work out fairly well. But mm-hmm. Just as I note, this is the fifth pen I've used today. What's going on? I don't know, but I get real bad pen luck today. So, uh, what have you baked that's been amazing? I have found my happiness in making my grandmother's recipe for special case squares. I have never seen you make them, or I've never tried them. I've made them a couple of times since we moved here, but prior to you uh, rejoining us. Mm. I made them several times when we were home. Uh, it involves special K, special K, <laughs> yes, peanut butter, chocolate, melted butterscotch chips, melted chocolate chips, yeah. some icing sugar, and some butter, and certain ways of cramming that all together in layers, and it's unbelievable. Interesting, unbelievable. When are you gonna make it again? Um, as soon as I have the ingredients, <laughs> uh, I, I'm I'm good to go. All right. Yeah. Uh, for me. Um, Chicken nuggets? No. I can mash potatoes really good. Mm-hmm. I'm a really good, I'm a really good potato masher. Uh, but probably, this is something that most people listening don't actually know. I worked as a bread baker for a year. <clears throat> That's right. So, and I've got second degree burns on my arm to prove it. Uh, yeah, I. I forgot I'd all say, about that. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah, I can I can make some bread. And it wasn't just bread, though, was it? You did cinnamon rolls and other things too, didn't you? Uh, rolls, garlic bread, uh, what else? And different types of bread, like rye bread, and like like all like multi-grain bread, and whole wheat bread, and that's like uh, potato bread. That's actually really good, really really good. You're grossing me out, man. All kinds of stuff. Um. Yeah, that's that's my answer, I guess. <laughs> what was the first concert you ever went to, and who did you see? I think the first concert... Was it Trooper? No, but, uh, well, you know, it might have been Trooper. I Right around the same time, I went to several concerts in Fredericton. Yeah. One was Trooper, and the opening act was... <laughs> the boys in the bright white sports cars trooper, right? Uh, no, that's no, that's um, that's uh, oh, oh my god, Tom Co- Red Rider. No, 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 no sir. No. Troopers, the boys in the bright white sports car, and Red Rider with Tom Crockett was the opening act. No, they don't sing. They don't sing the boys in the bright white sports car. Yeah, they did. Do they? Yeah, they did. I'm gonna have to Google this. I, I'm calling shenanigans on this. Okay, call shenanigans. Here we go. We're gonna go to the videotape. So go to the research department. So it would technically be Tom Cochran as the opening for Trooper? Yeah, Tom Cochran with Red Rider. And probably the first song he did was White Hot, I would say. 
Um, oh, come on, Internet. Yeah, it was Trooper. Dang. That's a great song. Oh, yeah. That's oh, a yeah, fantastic song. I've also seen April Wine. Oh, yeah. I've seen Bob Dylan. My favorite concert I think I was ever at was the Beach Boys. Oh, you saw the Beach Boys? I saw the Beach Boys, wow. and they were fantastic. And this is back when they were still all there. You know? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, Do you incredible. Do you regret not trying to see Led Zeppelin? Terribly. Yeah. Terribly. Um, that's that's a big regret of mine. And also the Eagles. The Eagles oh, right. came close by. The Eagles were close. They were in Moncton, but it was an outdoor concert. I don't do outdoor. Mm. I don't go out to my knees in mud and watch people plastered, you know, falling over each other and then have a 45-minute walk to get back to my car. I don't do that. Who's the best live performer you've seen? It, group, or, group or individual? Doesn't matter. It, just whatever. I'm going to say Leahy. Leahy? Leahy. Jim Leahy? <laughs> <laughs> Probably related. <laughs> uh, Leahy is a Celtic music group. They're all related, brothers and sisters. There's mm -hmm. like 12 of them. And they're from Ontario, but their mother was from Cape Breton. So that... There you go. There you go. And they all played everything. They sang, they danced, and they played instruments. And it was unbelievable. Like they, Aaron, I think her name was, she played the piano. And she played the piano for almost the whole concert. Mm. And then near the end, Aaron gets up and grabs a fiddle and starts playing it behind her back. <laughs> you know, someone else is at the piano. And then they just keep switching instruments. And it's just, a cr it was crazy. It Great. was fantastic. Great Big C has shades of that. A little Great bit. Big C is amazing. Yeah. And they'd be a very close second. Yeah, they're I, really good live. We, we've been to several Great Big C shows over the years, and they were all amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a band that sounds exactly the same as they do on their CD. Exactly. Uh, that's really important. Very important. Do you know who my answer is? No. For both, but the, the best live performer and the first person I saw. Do you have any guesses for both of those? Um, I know who the, I know the first concert you went to. Trooper? No. Supertramp. Oh, Supertramp. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Supertramp in Moncton and... March of 1986. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, less than, less than, I was zero. You were zero. zero years you old. were about a, a, a month from being uh, hatched. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Some 41 was the first oh, concert yeah. I went to. Where'd you see them? Moncton. Wow. In 2004. You liked it? Uh, it was all right. Mm -hmm. I saw, I was really into metal at the time, and there's some metal bands that opened for them. And I like that a lot more than anything else. The best person I've seen live, Keith Urban. No kidding. No, like no one even comes close. He was unbelievable. And that was at the Cavendish? Cavendish uh, Beach Music Festival, yeah. No. And I didn't even like country. He got me into country. Wow. Yeah. I, I it, was, it was amazing. An Australian gets a Canadian into American country. Yeah. <laughs> how, how, how cool is that? <laughs> and it, mainly because his, his guitar. I was still into metal at the time. Mm-hmm. And he's just a really good guitar player, and uh, it's it was it was like it was it almost changed like it, I wouldn't say it changed my life, but it really like made me a lot more open minded to to that type of music and cool. it completely influenced my the next eight years of my life and and uh, music choices. So when I started working in radio, I had to do the all night shift, and the radio station I was at CFNB at that time from one a.m. to six a.m. they played country music. And I, up to that point, I'd hated it. Oh. So here I am, this 20-year-old kid, got to play country. And 
every five hours a night, five nights a week playing country, country, same songs over and I over again. I used to hate country. And I hated it the first probably six months. I hated it. But then I started to like it. And I found out that the country I liked the best was the old, the old fashioned Carter family. Real country. Real country. Yeah. Hank Williams Sr., Hank Snow, Porter Wagner, stuff like that. I wasn't into the whole, um, you know, the Florida Georgia line kind of thing that you'd have now. They they weren't around then. Right. I did like a few things. I really really liked. Um, the Eagles were cross. What they called them crossover back then. Like Seven yeah. Bridges Road, for instance, is very much a bluegrassy kind of country song. So we played a little bit of that occasionally. I liked the Nitty Gritty Dirt Band and some of that more folky country stuff. And I really liked some of the, you know, the lonesome. Mm-hmm. Lonesome Cowboy stuff. I really, I get into it. Leonard Skinner would be a, mm-hmm. one of those transition. Almond Brothers, yeah. same thing. Yep. Um, I have, I, I was debating whether to ask this question or not, but I'll ask it. What is the saddest moment in your life? Mm, you don't have to go into any detail. No, I guess, you know, when you lose a parent, mm. and I, I've lost both. I guess so. we already really talked about that. I think Once, we did. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what my saddest moment was. I have no idea. Hopefully you won't have one for a long time. I don't really get sad. No. Uh, <laughs> I forgot I wrote this one down and I can't believe someone asked about, asked it. How do you feel about baby seal clubbing? Uh, oh, you know what? That's an interesting question because it's part of the economy in, in some parts of Atlantic Canada, not too far from here. The seal harvest is, is important. Uh, seals eat salmon. And salmon is important. Salmon needs to get up the river to spawn and to mm-hmm. be available to be fished and thrown back in. And and seals just are out there just chowing down on salmon all the time. So there's reasons why I shouldn't like seals. But that all said, and as much as I support the Atlantic Canadian economy, the idea of somebody going out and finding a baby yeah. seal on the ice and whacking it over the head to skin it um, just revolts me. Yeah, and there's a lot of cultural yeah. uh, decisions there too. But yeah, I, I agree. Uh, yeah, I just, I, I, man. But I don't know if I'm a hypocrite. If someone gave me a seal skin something, I don't think I would get angry at them. Right. So I don't know if that makes me a hypocrite or not, but I certainly wouldn't do it and I wouldn't support it intentionally. And you would, you would, uh, I'm looking for a word, you would, Man, it's completely escaping me. You would contact the police if you saw anyone doing it. Well, I if if report that was the word. Yeah, it's, it's a permitted activity. It's a it's Is considered it? humane. Like really? apparently bopping them. There's a lot of things we don't know about how animals are killed, whether they end up as hamburgers or sausages oh, or yep, bacon. Absolutely. There's a lot of things we don't know, and there's methods of of slaughter that. I don't want to know mm-hmm. because I want to be a hypocrite because I like bacon. You want to be naive and... Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and that's very two-faced of me, but at least I'm copping to it. Yeah, at least you're honest. Yeah. That's that's what this podcast is about is being honest. There you go. Okay. Uh, this is... Actually, no, wait, I'm going to ask two more questions. Um, how do you feel about professional wrestling? Man. <laughs> <laughs> um... I think it's a waste of electricity <laughs> and a waste of people's money. And I, that's all I can say. You don't find any entertainment in it whatsoever? Absolutely not. None. Like there's nothing about it that, 
what I was actually at a professional wrestling match back <coughs> when they had Grand Prix wrestling that would circulate to all the local arenas in these little towns all around Atlanta, Canada. And we had Grand Prix wrestling come to town and the Cuban assassin was there. And I think I went to that. You probably did. I, I, and you, you might've gone even when I wasn't yeah. going that same night, but I got entertained by watching the crowd. I didn't watch anything that was going on in the ring. Yeah. I was watching people in the crowd like throwing chairs at each other and just stupid stuff. It was just so stupid. And I think the most embarrassing thing in life would be to be caught in a police raid or something at a WWE <laughs> event. I just think it's just so, so sad. Because I used to be pretty heavy into wrestling. I think if you, I don't know if you remember that or not. But uh, Yeah, a little bit. Like I remember you like the big show and Steve Austin and stuff like that. Yeah, I, in the... Uh, late 90s early 2000s that's when wrestling was good in my opinion have not watched wrestling since 2004 uh but yeah i was pretty heavy into it there's no way i could sit down and watch a wrestling match and for grown people to even participate and pretend to give a darn about who's going to be the you know king of the castle or (laughs) (laughs) whatever they do who's going to win the belt it's all so scripted and oh but they know it's scripted though i know but then justin watches wrestling I know. <laughs> Sorry, Justin. There's got to be better stuff, Justin. Come on, man. <laughs> Actually, I don't think he watches much wrestling anymore. It's for mainly the same reason I don't watch wrestling because there's, uh, it, it just it's just changed so much. Like the storyline, storytelling is terrible and stuff. But anyway, this <sighs> is this is the final question. All right. And it's this is all about honesty. Oh no. And I'm pretty sure I already know your answer. Oh no. What's your thoughts on the legalization of marijuana and have you, have either of you ever tried any illegal substance? That's a two part question. It I'll is. answer part two first and I'll do it this way. <laughs> well, you grew up, you grew up in the seventies, so. I grew up in the seventies. <laughs> That's all you need to say. I will not declare <laughs> that I've ever broken any law. I'm leaving it at that. Good answer. As for the legalization of it, I'm not in favor. Really? Really. Not in favor at all. I just think that the, the effects of marijuana, it depends how it's ingested. Maybe it's not as bad if it's in a brownie than if it's in a mm-hmm. pipe or a rolled up in a cigarette paper. I don't know, but I don't like the idea. See, I'm not really a drinker, as you know. Mm-hmm. And when I do have the odd pop, it's not to feel better. It's just to quench my thirst or something. Yeah, or so, a social reason. or Social reason, yeah. yeah. And... For me, I am so excited about being alive and just living my life and life is so cool and I get high on just being, getting up in the morning and hey, (laughs) crap, I'm still alive. This is great. Yeah. And I feel bad that people need help. Right. uh, Feeling better. And and that's, and, and everyone's different and I understand that. But marijuana, if they legalize it and then I, now, right now, as it is today, if I smell a strong smell of marijuana when I'm walking by someone's house or, or a car drives by with right. the windows down, I know they're breaking the law. I know they are because it's against the law. Mm-hmm. A year from now, when it's legalized, I won't know if I'm smelling legal or illegal marijuana. Mm-hmm. And I don't know where it's going to be allowed. I like There's so many questions that aren't answered yet. How are you going to really catch someone with any certainty who might be impaired in driving? Right. Uh, how are you going to enforce the access that the youth would have to it. If anyone can walk into a store and buy a 
pack of cigarettes, anyone will be able to walk into a store and buy a pack of marijuana cigarettes. That's and then right. they can just hand them around the schoolyard afterwards. Like I just, there's so many unanswered questions. It just boggles my mind that a government is going holus bolus into making legal a new thing. Now there's, there's reasons why they're doing it. I get that. There's people who are making money in the black market who mm -hmm. are furthering uh, criminal enterprise and conspiracies and cartels mm -hmm. and all that. But I'm, that doesn't mean I have to like it. Yeah, that's right. No. So. It's funny because I actually have the opposite opinion. Okay. I've never tried it mm -hmm. and I, I never will try it, but I, I think it's a good idea to legalize it. Uh, n not cause I, like, not cause I want to try it. I don't, I'll never try it, but I just think, I think it's silly to have alcohol be legal, mm -hmm. which I think has more of a, f way more of an effect on people. No than, question. I than totally marijuana. agree with that. And then have marijuana be illegal. Yeah. If anything, alcohol should be illegal considering well, how, like there's so many bad things that happen with alcohol. If somebody came out tomorrow and said, here's a surprise, everybody. As of uh, April 1st, liquor will be illegal. I'd be, okay, whatever. Turn in my booze, you know, what little I have, you know, you can have it. Because uh, if I never took another drop of alcohol the rest of my life, it wouldn't yeah. hurt me at all. Back when you're younger and alcohol maybe makes you more attractive in the eyes of other people, yeah. it's important then. I guess. But, you know, you get to a point where, <laughs> yeah, you know, there's, how much alcohol would someone else have to drink to find <laughs> me attractive? It's just not, not fair to them, right? You should ask the girl that you, uh, that said no to, to you offered the drive to there. in the earlier story. She was clearly, obviously very sober at the she time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I just think that, uh, like, I don't, I, again, I don't know the rules. There's a lot, like, I don't want to walk down the street and smell it because I don't like the smell of it. I, yeah, it's awful so, stuff. Like, I think people should be allowed to do it on their own property, in their house. You do it in their car if they want or whatever. Mm -hmm. I just don't want to smell it. And you, may, you brought up a good point about driving impaired or whatever. Where's the line? How do you gauge the line of, of impairness on highness. Yeah. It's like, can you take some kind of breathalyzer that will tell you how high you are? Like, how, how do they judge that? How, exactly. How do they judge that? And alcohol comes out of your system pretty quick, but THC stays in your yeah. system for a long time. Like weeks. Like weeks and weeks. Yeah. So from what I understand, marijuana needs to build up in your body to a certain point before you even feel the benefit of it. Mm -hmm. And then once you've got that certain minimal boiling level of THC, you don't need much more to get that feeling that you're after. Right. But it takes a while to build it up in the first place. And then it stays with you a long time on the other side. Is that really, do we really want that? You know, it, and your point is very well taken <coughs> on the liquor and on the marijuana. It doesn't make logical sense to have one legal and the other illegal. Right. Especially when the one that's legal is likely more harmful to safety, public safety. The other one may be more harmful though to the body. That's true. And they just don't know. Liquor is fairly well metabolized by most humans, not all humans, because yeah. some don't have the genetic disposition to metabolize it well. But, That's right. Uh, marijuana, we just don't know. And how it affects 14-year-olds, how it affects 20-year-olds, there's a point in time when the brain is basically built. But while it's being built, which I think continues all through your teenage years at least, introducing that substance that stays around with you and in your body for weeks, mm -hmm. how, 
how do we ensure that that's not going to harm people forever? Do you think alcoholism is uh, genetic? I don't. I don't think it's genetic. I think it's socially transmitted from parent to child. It can be. But I don't think it's genetic. But I, that, that's a scientific question. I'm not a scientist. Yeah. So, Do you think that marijuana could be? Because it's a different, it's a chemical and not a, I guess. Well, I, I'm not even sure marijuana gives you an addiction like alcohol does. Like if you have alcohol... You have enough alcohol, your body thinks it needs alcohol, and away you go. Mm -hmm. With marijuana, I don't think it works the same way. I don't think you get a craving for it. Okay. You take it later because you want to achieve that that state again, that Euphoria, mental state. Whatever, yeah. There was a friend of mine, I won't say who it is because it's, I wouldn't want to confess a crime they did <laughs> on their behalf. But right, They're right. still around. They're still a friend of mine. Back when they were younger, before they even met me, uh, and they were several years older than me, so they were in their probably ten years older than I was, or am. They tried cocaine once, mm -hmm. and they snorted it. And he's it scared, it scared him. There's mm -hmm. the guy. I'll stop using the neutral <laughs> pronoun. It's getting difficult. So it scared him. He said, "You know that feeling in school when the girl that you like." just told you that she likes you. Yeah. Like that I'm in love kind of feeling. It's like that. And it, and you have it instantly the minute that cocaine goes in your nose. And then when it wears off, you feel like you would if she broke up with you. Hmm. You know, you it you end up back at the same spot. Yeah. But you've gone through a an a, a very wild roller coaster of emotions. And he said, that scared me. I, that feeling felt so good that I knew that if I didn't stop right away, I'd be hooked on it. Wow. And that, and he never touched it again. It scared him. And that was good enough for me. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's scary though. I mean, yeah. there's a, such a huge drug problem all, all across North America and the world yeah. probably. But I know meth is a big issue in, in the States. No, it's here huge. too. And if, and the fentanyl thing and yeah. I, I just, back in the, there's reasons why it's not a great idea just to transport everybody back to the 1950s when everyone had a white picket fence and a big car. And But life was a lot simpler back then, and it's a lot more complicated now, and it's uh, I don't have any answers. Yeah, I don't know. I just want to isolate myself from it, <laughs> sit in a basement. You just want to live, live your life. Yeah. Film podcasts. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll leave it there. Um, there's one, two, three, four questions I didn't get to, but uh, we're up to... Uh, one hour and 20 minutes. Oh, my goodness. So. Well, that's a good starter for next time, two weeks from now. Yeah, definitely. And so, keep more uh, questions coming in. I really enjoy doing it. Mm. This, uh, I, my answers aren't always highly intelligent, but... Uh, that's good. Good, good conversation. You're getting what you pay for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so leave your questions down below in the comment section if you're watching this on YouTube. And uh, I'll definitely write them down and ask, ask uh, Dad here next time. But you need to stop reading the comments on the yak videos because you can't see the questions ahead of time and that's where they come in yeah like i i check the comments yeah you can't read you can't just read for them. a day or two after the video and then i forget no it's, but still you can't have any hints but what if someone's calling me out what, what if i'll tell you okay i'll leave it to you i really will yeah i'll tell you i'm interested in how well the the show is received generally right yeah you want to know if you i want to like know stuff. Like, yeah, your dad's an idiot. <laughs> like, I'm sure there's people out there who think so. Sorry about that. You're probably right. 
you know, your dad's an idiot. Like, it, I kind of want to know how that's going over, yeah. you know? There, there's only one video that, that a few of those comments were left on, and that was your 10 reasons to, oh, well, yeah. to do whatever. Yeah. I, I guess when you started the video saying, none of you are going to agree with all these, yeah. and a lot of you are going to think I'm an idiot, I guess that doesn't inoculate you mm. against having people say it anyway. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, so anyways, leave your questions down below in the comment section on YouTube. We'd really appreciate you guys uh, making it this far, and uh, hope you guys like it. I know it's not, uh, it's still a, you know, it's... We're in a transition period. We did the hockey podcast every single weekend forever, mm -hmm. we felt like. And now we're doing it bi-weekly. This is going to be bi-weekly as well. So hopefully uh, you guys are okay with that transition as well because I think it's really it's really good for us. Oh, it's because really we get a little bit of break from hockey and get to chat mm -hmm. and stuff. Uh, and I think people enjoy the genuine conversations and honesty as well. Um, I'm sure there's lots of other podcasts out there that do that as well. But uh, Most of them I find, though, I like those kind of podcasts. Mm -hmm. It ends up being people yelling at each other. You know, you and, so? and that's one thing that I really like about the the tenor of, of what's going on here. Yeah. It's, it's just thoughtful, just conversation. Have you ever listened to Ear Biscuits? I have. Like, it's so good. It's, yeah. It's amazing. I think I've listened to it twice, think but, but not like deeply. Uh, anyway, yeah. So hmm. thanks, guys. appreciate it. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes or Google Play, uh, leave us a review. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button if you liked it. If you're new, hope you can subscribe. And uh, head on over to our main channel called Post to Post if you want to see us talk about some hockey. If uh, you're not aware that we are, our main channel's uh, Post to Post, and, yeah, we post almost on a daily basis over there of hockey content. So love it if you can come over and join us there. Uh, if you're already part of Post to Post and you're jumped the train over to more Post to Post where you're viewing this, and thank you so much for being subscribed to both channels. We really appreciate that. And uh, we'll see you in basic. Yeah, we'll see you in two weeks for the next uh, Having a Yet podcast. So. Hope everyone's having a good day, and we'll see you then. Adios.